All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Star Trek Fenrir, the stream where everything is improv and the Department of Temporal Investigations doesn't matter, just like whatever illnesses Jensen thinks he has today. Fenrir is a tabletop role-playing game using the Star Trek Adventures rule set. We are set in 2410, a.k.a. the STO, Star Trek Online era, and we are aboard a Cerberus class. Uh, if you are paying attention to whatever we qualify as, quote-unquote, my canon, we are following in the footsteps of the USS Ophion. Now, you don't need to have watched Ophion to enjoy this game, but you might catch a few nods and references if you do. You can find the VODs for both Fenrir and Ophion on my YouTube and most of the popular podcast solutions. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different in that it is going to be a purely roleplay-focused style one, uh, done up almost like a Lower Decks episode. I do have some auxiliary scenes planned, but most of the driving action is going to be coming from my lovely players here, which should be a good change from our last few missions or so, I think. The other thing I have to say before we run the intro is that whatever support you can provide the stream, whether it's a follow, sub, donation, bits, patron, chatting in chat, or once again, Mr. Anonymous Cheer just dropping those bit bombs, I will find you one day. It is my mission to find you. Uh, whatever. It's all greatly appreciated. Just make sure to take care of you guys first. And with that, let's go ahead and run the intro and dive right in. And welcome back, everyone. So something that uh, if you're a longtime viewer of the stream, something you know is that I like doing a opening monologue for all my tabletop games. And for Star Trek Adventures, that means something like a captain's log. Tonight, that honor is going to fall to a very special supporting character in our hearts, Mr. Ensign Jensen. So, Williams, if you would be so kind to take it away. Sure thing. Personal medical log, Stardate 87822.1, entry 543-A, uh, Ensign Aloysius Jensen recording. Uh, it's been a wild week aboard the Fenrir. Got new senior staff, a new first contact beneath a deuterium sea, and more symptoms. Uh, uh, where to begin? Uh, the new officers, uh, Lieutenant Commander Vassar and, and Lieutenant Commander Lee Tobin. Uh, I'm, I'm relieved to know that on top of being very knowledgeable regarding the practical and theoretical sciences, that Vassar is a hologram. So at least I can take him out of the pool, pool of potential disease vectors, um, with exception to potential variations of polywater intoxication, of course. Uh, computer, append USS Enterprise D logs from Stardate 41209.2 for cross-reference. Um, Commander Lee likewise is extremely capable, and as a former MD, he has extensive medical knowledge to boot. Um, as an added bonus, he didn't display the level of aversion to my medical issues that the ship's regular medical staff do, and he seemed very concerned doing my most recent episode. Um, computer, please send Commander Lee a copy of the Q3 issue of the Packwood Scientific Review as thanks, and remind me to request him the next time one of my uh, multitude of pre-existing conditions flares up again. Ah, no. Uh, okay. I I'm approaching the counselor-mandated time limit on my personal logs. Um, computer, uh, append medical report 543 to this log and file for later review. 
Um, to close this logout, let's go over some current events. Uh, the Fenrir is arriving at Deep Space Daedalus for some minor refrits and some shore leave. Uh, I've been ordered to participate, and I will under protest. Uh, however, I will be using the ship's transporters rather than the docking umbilical to take advantage of the biofilters. Uh, but, but I don't see the point because I doubt the station is going to have a cellular regeneration and entertainment chamber, though. Huh. What's this? Some kind of subspace message? Oh, no. They found me. This, see, this is why I requested an assignment on the frontier, but no matter where you go, it seems the soulless minions of orthodoxy will find you. <sighs> Got to do something about this. End log. All righty. And yes, sure enough, uh, we open up today's session with you all pulling in to Deep Space Daedalus. Now, Deep Space Daedalus is the sort of frontier base for the uh, Sabine Expanse. And uh, it is a Copernicus-style station, which if you ever had the opportunity to go to the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, same kind of station. And you can tell that there are a number of Starfleet ships here already. Uh, in particular, there is the USS Nalor, which you may remember, or might remember from last session, uh, is captained by a friend of Maddox. But in any case, the... Fenrir comes in, docks with the station, and the captain puts out a uh, an all-call across all decks of the ship. She says, you know, basically something along the lines of, don't get yourselves in trouble, make sure that you're back by XYZ date, and otherwise you have open free time until the Fenrir departs once again. So there's almost like a, I wouldn't call it a mass exodus, but there is sort of a a definite move of people out of the Fenrir as people are getting some R&R, stretching their legs, things of that nature. Um, but before we get to that, we are going to have our very first scene between Mr. Jensen and the medical staff, including Mr. Lee Tobin. So Jensen, uh, you of course have uh, reported to sickbay with some ailment or such and such, and I'm going to let you take it from there. All right, I think, I can't be sure, but I think I'm de-evolving. I think it's the Intron virus. I assume, Ensign, that you're referring to Barclay's protomorphosis disorder? Yeah, yes, exactly. Precisely, Doctor. Okay, well, we can pass over a Duratron scanner and see if there's any Entron damage. I will go over the med medical bay, retrieve the appropriate medical instrument, pass it over Commander Williams. Um, well, Ensign, I can tell you that uh, your genetic makeup is fully intact. There's no sign that you are becoming, I tap away at the medical console for a second, um, a spider, lemur, or pygmy marmoset. All right, all right. Uh, well, that's... That's that's relieving. Um, that's very relieving. Uh, maybe maybe Teplin Blight instead. <sighs> Let me get the uh, phorenetic analyzer for you. Uh, we'll we'll check up your, on you. Your, your scanner may not be able to pick up interspatial parasites either. Well, uh, 
I suppose I could call Commander Maddock down here in order to uh, modify one of our tricorders with an interfacial probe that should be able to detect those kinds of parasites. Any kind of subspace life form would be uh, evident on such a scan. Um, uh, uh, no, I would rather not bother Commander Maddock. Okay, well, uh, I imagine that Lieutenant Commander Vassar has some engineering experience given the nature of his program. He could certainly assist us. Uh, that, that would be quite acceptable. Mm -hmm. Well, while we're waiting for him, um, I'll run some checks on you, uh, make sure that you're not suffering from some sort of asymptomatic case of the uh, KwaZulu-8 virus or the auroral plague. Um, and again, Ensign, I, I think we really have confirmed that the cellular ennui scare that uh, uh, you had earlier on, Dr. Elias Geiger is a confirmed quack, so you really don't need to worry about that. I just want to say as a point of order that once again, you are knocking it out of the park. Uh, but also, while you're saying all this to Jensen, um, Jensen is more or less, uh, you know, being Jensen. But the, the point is, is that all the while, Commander Saneri, the actual CMO, is sort of just like looking at you, Lee Tobin, and going, I like what the, I like the cut of this guy's jib. And in fact, she maybe even pulls you aside as you're waiting for Vassar to show up and says, uh, Lieutenant Commander, are you sure you uh, wouldn't like to help out here in sick bay? Well, uh, doctor, I left the medical profession for a reason. And while I don't mind assisting Ensign Jensen, given I feel somewhat responsible for his uh, condition while we were on our recent array mission, I wouldn't feel right returning to a regular role in sickbay. Understandable. I, I haven't pried into your personal life, but uh, if that is your call, that is your call. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, you ha seem to have a way with Jensen. Uh, the rest of us, we, we don't really know how to handle him. Hmm. Well, I understand where he's coming from in many respects. It's always difficult when the external reality that we see around ourselves doesn't mesh well with the one that we perceive. I'm not a counselor by any means, but well, many of his ailments are real to him. And that subjective reality has to be respected and acknowledged, even if it's not the one that we share. She takes us in and thinks it's actually rather astute of you. I wish I had 10 of you in my sick bay. Uh, as it is, I, and she actually turns and there's like an orderly in the background carrying a tray of hypo sprays and they trip and fall. And she just goes, I have those. Well, they serve their purpose. True, true. And it is about then that uh, Mr. Vassar, you are going to show up. Now I do have a question for you, Vassar. Would you have simply materialized in sickbay or would you have actually come via mobile emitter? Vassar will enter through the doors, saying, please state the nature of the medical emergency. <laughs> uh, sensors detected uh, elevated stress levels. Mr. Jensen, are you feeling okay? Well, sir, uh, to be perfectly frank, no. Understood. Is it the Barclays protomorphosis syndrome again? Well, that's what we thought at first, but Commander Lee says that's not possible, and, and I believe him. 
I just have a fear that this could be interspatial parasites or some kind of cross-species variant of Panar syndrome. Well, the interspatial parasites uh, can be uh, removed using a high-frequency interphasic pulse, which is not hard to rig up. However, we have detected no interphasic rifts based on the sensor logs of the Enterprise D on which they originated. And if I may interject very quickly, Mr. Jensen, please roll me a fitness and a medicine, please. <laughs> the difficulty on this is a two. All right, let's go Jensen. Fitness plus medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only do you get no successes, you get a complication to boot. So Jensen, you actually experience a real symptom. Well, you experience another symptom, I guess, in your subjective reality, but you experience a new symptom. And that new symptom is everything in your vision has gone green. Everything's green. Mr. Jensen. It's, it's, all, it's all green. You're green. Commander Lee's green. Dr. Saneri's green. Sick Bay's green. My hands are green. Lieutenant Maybe Commander Lee, can, can we test this individual for an overdose of Aldebaran whiskey? Uh, I was actually going to suggest that we uh, determine if he has polywater intoxication, but that uh, both of those tests might be warranted. Understood. Let me find my tricorder. And yeah, uh, as you are uh, more or less uh, getting out your medical tricorder, giving him the scan, uh, I'm going to say that either Vassar or Lee Tobin, if you could roll me a insight and or let's make this a reason in medicine, you can assist each other. Uh, the difficult, difficulty on this is only going to be a one. Since Vassar is engaged with him directly, I'll assist. Okay. Oh, so yeah, my apologies to anyone who's experiencing a uh, Twitch error. It's something that we've been experiencing for the last several weeks. I don't know, honestly, why it's giving us errors like this, but uh, such as it is. Well, you said this would be a reason medicine? Correct. You got it. Yeah, last week was a 4,000 error. And <clears throat> I submit xenobiology as a focus. I'll give it to you, yeah. Survey says one success from Vassar, two successes from Lee Tobin. You get two momentum. And uh, what you both learn as you're sort of scanning Jensen is it's very odd. There is an actual symptom for once. And that symptom is, is that the cones and rods in his eyes are hyperactive, meaning that they are quite literally... Uh, taking in too much light. I forget which, whether it's the cones or the rods that do it, um, but whatever it is, that is potentially why he is seeing green. This is very interesting. Lieutenant Commander Lee, would you confirm the findings of this tricorder? I will take it from uh, Lieutenant Commander Vassar. 
Uh, it does seem that uh, the visual cortex of his brain has been hyperstimulated in some way, largely due to um, a disruption of the ocular nerve. The rods and cones in his eyes have somehow become overly sensitive. Uh, I can't hazard a guess as to a cause, but the symptoms are, well, fairly evident. I will prepare a photonic suppressant. Hmm. Yeah, it's simple enough to do. Uh, you are in sick base, so all you have to do is literally just go over to one of those hyper, hypo, hypo spray tables that they have set up every so often in sick bay, and you mix up a concoction. You know, maybe give it to Jensen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure enough, Jensen. Once the hypo spray is injected, you uh, you stop seeing green. Like, completely, though. Like, everything else is fine. You just can't now see the color green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did something. Now I can't see anything. Are you saying that you've gone completely blind? No, no. The colorations are, are normal, but... Uh, that panel over there, there's... Uh, I know that's a green indicator, but I, I can't see it. Perhaps well, the photonic suppressant was too successful. Ensign, let's be honest. Many people live their lives very comfortably with red-green color blindness. So if that is the worst of your symptoms, you shouldn't be too concerned. I will cross-reference these symptoms with the Federation Medical Database. Maybe under the circumstances, maybe I should just opt out of this shore leave. I think I'd feel a lot better if I was in my quarters behind a, a level five quarantine field. That would be a decision for the CMO. Saniri just looks at the two of you as if soliciting a uh, an opinion. Uh, yes, I, I don't believe that uh, either of us is really in a position to make that kind of decision, uh, Ensign, given that uh, we're not officially medical staff. Isn't that right, Lieutenant Commander Bassar? That is true. And Sanaria just kind of almost pouts as she purses her lips and says, Very well, Jensen, if it will get you out of my sick bay, you are now under medical quarantine. Please report to your quarters where you will be sealed behind a level five force field. Uh, understood, Doctor. And I uh, would very much appreciate for the duration that my access to the medical database be restored. Can't make any promises, Jensen. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be in my quarters. Before you go, Ensign, might I speak with you for a moment? Of course, Commander. And I'll turn to the Doctor. Might we take advantage of your office for a moment there's something Sir. of a sensitive nature that i'd like to discuss with the ensign certainly and she sort of just motions for you to step into her office i will guide the ensign into the office and sit down in the doctor's chair offer him the one across the way from me uh ensign i've been reviewing your medical file and i understand that you oftentimes visit sickbay complaining of symptoms and ailments that well quite frankly you don't have I've heard that argument before. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Anson, I firmly believe that the records of the previous physicians who have treated you are accurate in down to the smallest detail. But I also believe that you are sick, but it's, <laughs> it's not a sickness of the body. It's a sickness of the paw. And I think that you need a kind of healing that no doctor can truly provide. Have you given some thought to opening your life to the prophets and their desperate desire, their hands reaching out to you to heal you, to restore you, not physically, but eternally and spiritually? I, I thought the prophets were just the gods of Bajor. Well, the prophets are more than the gods of Bajor. They're the ones who have set time in its place, who have, from outside of time, orchestrated all things to their glory. This meeting, our conversation, all of it is part of their foreordained plan. Wow. I'd like to spend one threat. Lee, you need to do the ear thing. <laughs> I will reach out and grab your ear. It is incredibly uncomfortable and painful as I lean into you a little bit too closely. And it feels as if I am squeezing the very soul out of you. I feel that your paw is deeply troubled and you are lost, you are sick. But as a doctor, well, former doctor, and now someone who's seeking to heal you and your soul, I'm here to help you. I mean, at this point, I'll try anything. Right. Well, I think that our next meeting should be in a, a holographic recreation of one of the Prylar's temporals. Do you, on think, do you think we could, if, if we asked nicely, do you think that we could maybe go to Bajor and I could see if I can have one of those orb experiences? Well, um, obviously, I don't have the authority to grant that sort of thing with you, uh, but... Um, if that kind of thing can be arranged, I'm sure that uh, there are innumerable Vedics who would be happy to assist a dedicated member of Starfleet like you. Well, that sounds wonderful. Well, maybe you should retire to your quarters and that level five containment field, but uh, walk with the prophets. I, 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 I'll try. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Jensen will, Jensen will leave to return to his quarters at his level five quarantine field. Very nice. And you may have uh, one momentum for that lovely role play. I believe you're up to three at the moment. And uh, we are now going to change scenes. To... I'd like to. Oh, I'd like to spend a momentum to have Ensign Jensen just randomly hear like, kind of like a static voice over his calm, something that almost feels like it's reaching out. Hmm. I'll accept it. Uh, I will take that one momentum. And that is what happens is that Jensen on the way back to your quarters, you do hear almost like your comm badge is giving you a static message. It's not very clear, um, but it is a message nonetheless. All right. He'll sort of take off his comm badge and tap it a few times while he's walking. Like he's not going to stop walking. So, <laughs> okay. uh, Jensen here. And the message just repeats that same sort of staticky message. 
And while you're dealing with that, we are going to cut to engineering where uh, Mr. Matic, uh, you are currently coordinating refit teams. And uh, it is easier said than done because not only are the teams instructed to install uh, some new improved hull integrity that should hopefully stop certain ceiling panels on the bridge and throughout the ship from falling out during crucial moments, uh, they're also installing a brand new sensor suite which should boost your power and your uh, fidelity to almost unforeseen levels for a Cerberus class. And everything's going fine until a certain individual walks into your main engineering. Now, this individual, as they step in, is wearing just what appears to be a black jumpsuit. And they have on a Starfleet badge. But uh, they make a beeline for you once they see you. And uh, Matic, you know who this is. Because this is someone you are, unfortunately intimately familiar with but nonetheless he introduces himself uh, all the same and uh, as he comes up to you, he says Mr. Maddock my name is Ensign Redlam I believe you know why I'm here you're not the incompetent Ensign I called for quick quick uh, Maddock to Jensen where the hell are you uh, Jensen here commander I'm sorry but I'm going to be confined to medical quarantine for the next couple of days it's bad sir Matic to Sariri. This is Saneri. Go ahead. What's wrong with Jensen? He's actually experiencing a symptom. What symptom? He can't see the color green. Well, good thing most of engineering is blue. Send his ass down here. Uh, Normally I would, Commander, but I'm concerned that should he not be able to see the color green based on what he needs to work on uh, that could provide a challenge. Well, then at least he'd have an actual reason to go to Medbay. Just whenever he gets done with the quarantine, send him to me. And no, I will not Vulcan Nick bench him again. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Redlum just kind of coughs politely and says, <clears throat> Mr. Maddock, it is important that we speak. We're speaking right now, and then I'll just hand him a hypo spanner. Did you uh, pay attention to engineering classes at all, or are you just that incompetent? He blinks a few times, looks down at the tool, and says, Mr. Maddock, your attempts to scare me off or otherwise put me to task will not work. I have grown, shall we say, accustomed to your tricks of avoidance. I'll talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about, but right now I'm shorthanded, and you got two hands. Congratulations. You're now part of the engineering team. And uh, he actually just stops someone walking by and hands off the tool and says, Mr. Maddock, I could make an official order for you to stop what you're doing and have a discussion with me. But out of a sense of, shall we say, niceness or compassion, I have not done so. Uh, all right fucking let's where do you want to go my lab let's let's just go to my lab it's right down the hallway very good and uh it follows that you head to the science lab 
And uh, the lab is actually set up almost like the episode of Voyager where they uh, do the, uh, I'm trying to remember, the the one where the doctor's uh, badge gets taken over by Borg technology. Uh, it's a good episode, but I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Anyway. Um, but you step into this lab and the door seals behind you and Redlum says... Mr. Maddock, I am here on behalf of the Department of Temporal Investigations. Before I ask the next question, I need to know, is there anything you would like to say for the record? Can I speak to an attorney? <laughs> he actually smiles at that one and says, Unfortunately, no, you may not consult an attorney for this matter. All right. Can you be my attorney? He smiles again. Unfortunately, no, Mr. Maddock. I am here because we have a situation on our hands involving the USS Nalore. You are alleged to have sent a distress call that was never sent to begin with, thus creating a predestination paradox. What do you have to say on this matter? This current, present, uh version of Matic is unable to attest to the validity and to the sending of such a uh, call um, distress signal um, this will be this will have to be a matter that is held until a later time whenever a future iteration of Matic is there is the one that is responsible for the uh, temporal occurrence into into the mutual mutualistic past of the two Maddox, so that way um, further answers and further uh, developments may occur, depending upon the relation or causation following the authorization of previous, present, and current and future iterations of Matic uh, by the Daystrom Institute into performing temporal uh, investigations. Redlam just sort of takes in this wash of techno babble and says, Mr. Matic, perhaps I am not clear. It is my authority as a member of the Department of Temporal Investigations that I'm hereby ordering you to make the distress call into the past. Oh, so you're telling me to go... Oh, oh, so we get to go into the past? No, let me be more clear. You are to use that panel over there, and he points at one of your uh, panels on the wall, which I know you more than likely have some form of chronoton-based message sending. You will send the message approximately at the following stardate, and this will wrap up the, shall we say, problem that we are experiencing. Um... So Matic will walk over to the wall panel mm -hmm. and he'll uh he'll start acting like he's putting in distress signal. Mm -hmm. Um but with his other hand he's gonna hit another panel and try to make power be lost to the lab. Okay, this is going to be a daring engineering and it's going to be an opposed check. Daring, daring. 
uh, power systems. Yeah, it actually would apply this time. <laughs> um... I'll spend a momentum to get a third dice. I will spend a threat to do likewise. Three successes. He has achieved three successes. So as you uh, do your thing where you try to make the power loss, uh, Redlum coughs and says, Mr. Maddock, you've tried this before. I again am wary to your tricks. I haven't tried this specific... Oh. Well, no, I guess because... Well, yeah, because you would be able to... So, question. Are you like Agent Smith? Are you like Agent Smith, you know, able to actually travel through time and do all this? Or are you just like internal insane dealing with this stuff? Like, what's what? Like, what? He, what's uh, he's... and like, Maddox's still tapping away on the console. Like, he's still doing everything. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to get more information. Gotcha. Uh, Redlum actually maintains a stone face and says, I am not able to comment on my ability or lack thereof to travel through time. Um, Matic just kind of just keeps tapping away on the panel. You know, technically, technically speaking, um, you really can't order me to do anything as the Department of Temporal Investigations. Temporal Accords don't get signed for, what, another 10, 15 years? Technically, they don't exist at this present time, so why should I adhere to them? Because should you not follow my instructions, I will go directly to Admiral Tashi, and I don't think you want to deal with an angry Vulcan. What's he going to do, logic me? No, I believe that she will do something much, much worse for you, Matic. Maddox will, like, hesitate, and he'll kind of look at, like, mm, I don't like being threatened. Um, but then he'll just kind of go back to uh, press it on the panel. Um, so what's new in your life, uh, Redlum? We haven't spoken in a couple years, not since I came out of the uh, uh, wormhole to, uh, or not the wormhole, the uh, insurgents into the uh, mirror universe where I got caught in the uh, quantum uh, and chroniton-based time slip. So uh, what's been new with you? Hmm. Well, if you must know, I finally managed to get married to my now wife, so that's exciting. And he says it in the most monotone way that you're not really sure if he's making a joke or... Oh, uh, do you have any children on the way? And uh, Any uh, little red lumps? Yes, in fact, we're going to name our firstborn son after you, Mr. Maddock, because you're that much of a thorn in my side. Oh, you're going to name your child Asshole? I'm sure that's going to be great. (laughs) He does laugh a little in character and says, Well, if uh, you would go ahead and send the message, I believe you have done the prerequisite amount of typing. Um, At this point, Maddox just putting, like, extra 
periods, extra commas. Like he's just trying to be extra super punctual with everything. Mm-hmm. Like there's a comma after after every word. Um, and then he'll just uh he'll just look at Renlo and be like, okay, I mean, I guess I could send it, but uh, you told me to go to this console and um. This isn't the one that's attached to the uh He just rolls his eyes and walks over and pushes the button for you. Thank you, Mr. Matic. You have been more receptive than usual. But come on. I mean, it's it's so rare that we get to have this time together. I I want to enjoy our time together. And I do not whenever we do get it. I do not. Well, Mr. Maddock, my job here is done. Please do not violate any of the Temporal Prime Directive while I am here at Deep Space Daedalus. I would not want to have another conversation with you. Good day. And he steps out. Um. Maddock will, uh. Oh, uh. Maddock to, uh, Vassar. Vassar here, sir. Uh, go ahead and materialize in my lab for me. <laughs> Damn. Vassar. I need you for something, uh... Let me place um... my hollow emitter on its charger, sir. I will be right there. And within about five seconds, Vassar will materialize at the closest... Uh, emitter location to Matic. Well, the good news is is that as a uh, Cerberus class, you have pretty much hollow emitters across the entire ship. Uh, Vassar, I need you to do something somewhat off the record. Um, if we get caught, you can be a witness against me. I should have you know that it goes against my hollow programming to do anything against a Starfleet officer or the Federation's interest. By being a Starfleet officer and being part of the Daystrom Institute and with my focus being in temporal mechanics would um, trying to understand how temporal agents are able to investigate now so that way those uh, methods can later be used or even created. Would that not be part of the Federation's in- interests? It would be part of the Federation's interests eventually, sir. All right, well, let's get a jump on it. Um, the gentleman I just had in here and who has been following me around for, I'd say, probably since we uh, docked, um, is there a way you can scan to see if he's... Uh, traveled through time recently or is he actually part of this little era one moment please Vassar will attempt to access the ship's sensor logs to determine if someone was actually here as indicated okay roll me a let's call this a control and a science the difficulty will be a two any um no, this is just to detect the, the sensors. If you know. have anything like sensor operations, temporal investigation, or temporal anything, really. Temporal um, mechanics? Yeah, temporal mechanics would apply here. Okay. So control science. Uh, 
one success. So with one success, you are able to access the logs, but something very strange shows up. Uh, there was no gentleman in here with Mr. Maddock. He has been alone in this lab since he first entered it approximately 20 minutes ago. Any residual chronotons, tachyons? Uh, I would say, unfortunately, with just the one success, you are not seeing any of those. I apologize, Commander. Sensors do not seem to indicate that anyone by that description was here, nor are there any chronotons or residual tachyons located within the vicinity. I would be able to begin preliminary statistical analysis on what you've requested, but without uh, a solid data point, um, I would it would only be theoretical. Mm. Matic will just kind of uh, look at the panel that uh, Redlam touched and then uh, just, you know what? No. This is, uh, this is something that may get interesting, to say the least. Uh, thank you for your time, uh, Lieutenant Commander. Vassar nods and dematerializes. All right. Oh, accidentally muted myself. With that, we are going to actually cut to the bridge because I feel bad. I've left Rast out this entire time. So Rast, quite uh, all right. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the show so far. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. But yeah, uh, up on the bridge, Commander Rast, you are currently in the big chair. The captain is meeting with uh, Admiral Tashi. So at the moment, it's just you, uh, Williams, and a few ensigns on the bridge. Not really a whole lot to do while you're docked with the station, but here you are nonetheless. And Williams is going to look over at Rast and go, huh, that's funny. Do you find amusing, Commander? I don't know, just for a second there. I don't know, for a second there, it seemed like we had a, a chronoton surge, but that's gone now. It's probably just these refits. Or it could be Matic. Uh, yeah, that too. Hold on. Shit's breaking for me real quick. So, uh, what are your plans while we're here at the Starbase? Oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah, go for some food. It'd be nice to get some Get some real food. I know replicated food pretty much does the job every time, but uh, there's something to be said for actual uh, temporal shrimp. I mean, temporal shrimp. Well, you have uh, expressed the desire to potentially practice a little bit of your ship-to-ship -ship combat. I mean, it's after certainly our, come up recently. After our... Uh, encounter with the planetoid, uh, it might be uh, in our best interest if you uh, brush up a little. Yeah, well, I mean, that that could be. Um, you know, and, and may I suggest, you know, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but you may want to brush up on your piloting. Yes. What do you, what do you say to um, oh, simulated combat? 
I say, name the time and the place. Very well. When we get onto the base, I'll see what uh, see what kind of training equipment they potentially have. Sounds good. But, uh, meantime, uh, I'll send you some uh, technical manuals and uh, small craft maneuvering. Yes, yes. And you do know that you know, the ships are what you're aiming at, not the space next to them. Yeah, you know, I, I... I maybe slept through that part of the academy. But, uh... Give me enough incentive to hit a target. Very well. <clears throat> well, enjoy your tempered shrimp. Ah, uh, I won't be going for a little while. I've still got to make sure that these improved sensors can well, that we can route targeting systems through them if we need to I figure if we have the updated resolution we might as well make use of it very well hopefully the captain will not be too detained while we're here but it does seem like her uh, her calendar is booked the moment she walked in yeah no, she wasn't happy about that, believe me. This, all this uh, meetings with the brass and stuffed shirts and whatnot. That's just not her style. She, she deals with it well enough. Oh, absolutely. But uh, trust me, she hates it. What do you think the captain's long-term goal is? Does she not wish to become one of these, as you so eloquently put it, stuffed shirts? I don't know, but it seems to me that uh, they saddle every good captain with a desk eventually. Well, Whether they then want let's to hope, or not. Then, let's hope, then here's to hoping our captain is not good enough to be saddled with a desk. I drink to that. And it is at this and, point uh, that one of the ensigns sitting at the communication panel says, uh, Commander Rass, there is a incoming hail for you from uh, Captain Sin. Would you like to take it here or in the captain's ready room, sir? Um, I'll take it in the ready room. Very good, sir. Routing it there. Just and he will head that way. Just give me a moment to get the tokens set up. There we go. Cut to the ready room. So you step into the ready room. Uh, it is usually uh, reserved for the captain, but as ranking officer, you, of course, have the purview to use it. And waiting for you on the desk is a little light that indicates that a hollow message is coming in for you. All right. He'll press it. He's also very careful not to touch anything else. <laughs> he... He's uh he's acting almost like he's in a little bit of a museum to a degree. Gotcha. So uh, if you remember those, I think it was just the one episode of the uh, of DS Nine where they did that whole like hollow program. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something very similar where instead of Captain Sin appearing on a view screen or a terminal, she actually constructs via hollow emitter in the actual space of the office. 
And as a reminder, uh, since she was introduced sort of at the end of last session, uh, Captain Sin is a Cameloid. Uh, you would have had time to look up her record and realize this, which probably explains her cat-like yellow eyes and why her hair always seems to be almost smoldering at the ends. Otherwise, she looks like a standard uh, human female, uh, probably about 31 years of age, so a little young for a captain. Um, she also has somewhat of a muscular build and uh, otherwise has just short of breaking regulation long hair. Uh, but as she sort of materializes in the space, she says, oh, Commander Rast, I was hoping we'd have a moment. Tell me, how are your uh, refits coming along? I believe everything is being handled in a very efficient manner. Maddox is uh, dealing with things in the engineering and more than likely giving retrofit crews some, yeah, some much-needed guidance. I see, I see. Does that mean you have a moment to spare? Of course. What is this pertaining? Well, and she sort of looks around the office. Uh, can you verify that we are in a secure location? He he uh, will go and do what he needs to do to verify said. Okay. Put up some uh, audio dampeners to the room. Okay. Uh, that is going to require a insight and a security, please. Difficulty of one. Uh, with an espionage focus. Most definitely. <laughs> and with one success, you, uh, quote-unquote, seal the room. It is secure. Very good. I am hesitant to say this, but it needs to be said. Uh, how well do you know Mr. Maddock? Um, not, not extremely well. He is a very capable engineer. That is precisely what I'm afraid of. Uh, I don't know if you've glanced at his record. I imagine it's probably full of redactions and classifications, but... Let's just say I've served with him in the past on a ship called the Arcadia. Again, I do not do this simply to create hearsay or rumors, Commander. I do this in the interests of, well, everyone. Maddock is a, uh, a loose cannon, simply put. Uh, if you do not restrict him properly, the next thing you know, your ship will be traveling through time and you'll end up 300 years from where you used to be. I believe the captain is aware of his eccentricities. That's certainly one way of putting it, yes. But I believe as first officer, most of that reigning in does fall to you. Yes, and uh, I will do my best to keep an eye on him. Mm. If I may offer a suggestion. Of course. I found that he is best controlled via his wife. And what do you mean by that? Let's just say that she can bend his ear like none other. So you came to a distressed, a distressed, a distressed call that never happened. That is correct. This is more of Maddox, I assume. 
when you're around Matic or anything involving Matic, you get used to these sorts of things. Very well. Oh, and uh, one final thing, Commander. And she sort of flashes a smile. I loved your work on Romulus. He just nods. Not really, uh, not really dignifying it with any sort of other response than that. Okay. I mean, she seems sincere in saying it, but she just mm-hmm. sort of smiles and uh, says, very well, Captain out. And her hologram dematerializes from the captain's ready room. He will uh, turn off the um, comm seal and head back out to the bridge. Williams, since we're uh, in dock, uh, probably shouldn't be much of a problem for you. Um, but you have the comm for now, and I'm going to be down in engineering. Hi, Commander. All right. So uh, up next, there is another bit of temporal timey-wimey going on as we cut back to Maddox's science lab, and something I neglected to have us do um, before we set up the scene is, Maddox, since this is your personal lab, what do you got going on in here? So, initial entry, um, this area looks kind of standard. Uh, over here on these panels, um, all of them would basically say... Uh, if someone walks in, it would basically just say uh, content or content restricted or panel unable to be accessed, and then just throw out like Daystrom Institute security security level da 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 whatever. Um, anybody who comes over to this area, which is more of like Maddox's little like personal area, um, along this wall is a wall of uh, mementos from uh, Maddox past. Um, Klingon and Romulan disruptors, Orion knives, Klingon weapons, um, a very a lot of very non-standard Federation stuff, uh, and anyone who's asked him about stuff, he uh, will who just like, hey, where'd you get this? Where'd you get that? There's a story behind every single thing, um, and he just kind of it, everything. Nothing really has dust on it, and so it's can be inferred that. He either uses his equipment or uh, at one point or another, he uh, regularly takes everything down, takes everything down and uh, cleans it. Understood. So with that in mind, uh, the following three people do meet in your lab. Yourself, Matic, Commander Vassar, and Mr. Lee Tobin. And the strangest thing is, is that none of you uh, are able to tell why you were summoned here. You all receive the same anonymous message indicating that you arrive at so-and-so hours, and you almost arrive at the same time as one another, or at least it's close enough that you're not sitting around waiting. And I'm going to let you guys take it from there. Um, Matic will have a uh, table materialized with a uh, deck of cards and, like, poker chips and just kind of sit down and start dealing out, like, all right, I guess we got to kill time somehow. Uh, I'm my apologies, Commander, but uh, I'm not particularly familiar with this 
game of yours. Uh, what is it? It's called poker, and um, I'll teach you the rules, but uh, you hustle me, and you won't be invited to game night anymore. Was this why you called us down to your lab, sir? Um, I didn't call you down. My assumption, there's either a future me that gained access to the ship, or we're all about to get we're all about to get questioned by uh, temporal investigations. Um, for all we know, they're probably in this room right now. So let's just go. Let's just fucking play cards, and then Matic will just kind of do like a. Uh, he'll have a, uh, I guess like a cheat sheet materialized for like how poker works, mm-hmm. and they just kind of hand it to Tobin. The little card that comes with the deck <laughs> tells you the different values. <laughs> So Vassar, uh, real quick, is uh, did you come with your hollow emitter, or did you just come with uh, the rest of the ship, as it were? I will come with the rest of the ship. Okay, so that means that you're you're not via hollow emitter at this point. Correct. I will materialize at the appointed time. Okay, so two things happen when uh, Matic, you hand over that cheat sheet. The first, Lee Tobin, when you look at this cheat sheet. It is not a poker guide. It literally says uh, the following. It says, This hereby signifies the founding of the temporal accords. And then it goes into some smaller text. But it is the very beginning of what appears to be the temporal accords. And Vassar, at the same time as this is happening, you are momentarily, like your entire vision such as it is for a hologram, is consumed by the same. You see those very same words appear. So you two know this is happening. Matic has no idea this is going on at the moment. I will have an immediate self-diagnostic. Okay, go ahead and roll me a insight and engineering, please. Do I get a uh, focus in hollow programming? You most definitely do. Insight engineering two successes uh which means you get one momentum sorry i forgot to say it was difficulty one um so what you learned vasar is that this is going to be punny but i don't really know how else to say it there was a payload in your program that was specifically designed to activate at this time is there a digital signature on the payload? There is. And the damnedest thing, it is your own signature. Is there a time signature on the payload? There is. And that time signature is approximately the actual like start date of the temporal accords being founded. At some point in the future. Correct. That is incredibly suspicious that I no longer want to play poker. I would like to take out a, uh, a tricorder and scan the card that Matic has hand me, handed me mm-hmm. in order to try to run a um, quantum dating scan. Okay, go ahead and roll me a reason science. If you have quantum anything or temporal anything, that would apply as a focus. The difficulty on this would be a two. Okay, reason science. I do have a focus in temporal mechanics. Very nice. Two successes. 
So what you learn is that there is indeed... Ooh, you actually have a tricorder dag. Nice. Uh, what you learn is that, yes, there is a very minute chronoton signature on the card. With the matter, Tobin, I seem to have experienced some form of temporal interference. The preamble to the temporal accords was somehow placed in my program designed to activate at this moment in time by myself from some point in the future. Well, it seems that we're suffering from a number of suspicious interferences in our timeline. You may want to take a look at the rules for this card game that uh, the commander invited us to participate in. I'll hand the card over to Lieutenant Commander Sorry. This is the text verbatim. When did you procure this card? Just a few moments ago. I handed it to him. Oh, this is great. Uh, all right. At this point, okay. Ah, fuck. What am I supposed to say? At this point, any and all information that is gathered by us regarding future occurrences, whether or not they are established, um, yada, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, basically, now that we have the, what, we have the preamble? Do we have the full thing? or You have just the, the full thing. Who's it signed by? Bizarre. Me. And Matic and Lee Tobin. Ah, fuck. Congratulations, you two. We just wrote and are about, and I'm assuming another. Ah, fuck. So, what this means is I probably called us all here, not me, but future me. Um, Vassar, your future self probably readjusted the holo programming. Tobin, it's probably you that's sitting in front of some admiral right now. But uh, congratulations, gentlemen. We apparently just wrote and have uh, begun establishing the temporal accords. Well, this is a rather momentous occasion that has been orchestrated for us by the prophets. I mean, this is their purview after all, interfering with the timeline or establishing it according to their wishes in their atemporal fashion. So, uh, look, this is, yeah, Tobin, yes, I'm not, I don't view myself as a prophet, but I do mess with the timeline. Um, I'm sure I convinced you too. I probably used the prophets against you and Vassar, I may at some point have just adjusted your, no. I wouldn't have adjusted anything. You would have adjusted it. So then you couldn't blame me. You not won't have your blame. Not to diminish your successes, Commander, but there are over 1,200 instances of entities interfering with the timeline beyond just the two mentioned. Yes, the, the, the issue is, is that we're not the ones that are supposed to make the temporal accords. And on top of that, the temporal accords aren't supposed to happen for another like 15 years. That is and not entirely true. 
developing the temporal cords was one of my assignments coming aboard the ship. However, I have not proceeded this far as this document states. Well, congratulations, you got your job done early. Do I use this document to write this document or must I continue writing the document without knowledge of this document in order to produce the document? Which variant of poker are we playing? Um, we're playing a uh, five card Joker's wild. Uh, the issue is, is that, um, by not using the document that is signed and accredited to us, that is, that may, or that may be later on used, uh, to create the temporal accords themselves, you may cause a butterfly effect. And so I believe that this document, you may have to review, reestablish, and resubmit. I hesitate to agree with Commander, given what I've read of his service record, but um, I actually think that he's right. Uh, we wouldn't have all agreed to send back this information to ourselves if it wasn't vitally important for us to do so. And clearly, temporal investigations or the prophets themselves would have intervened to prevent some kind of alteration of the timeline that they hadn't foreseen or orchestrated. Uh, Vassar, do you happen to have anything else that has been adjusted in your programming following the dig digital signature or following timestamps of you receiving uh, the Temporal Accords, um, Matic is also going, and then I'll also do a search on my consoles. Tobin, uh, do a uh, search yourself. Um, we need to find if the reason we sent this, we need to find the reason why we sent this back to us. Me knowing me, I gave myself a reason and there is something that, there's something that's going to happen that we needed these early. Well, if I might submit something, Commander, I have a suggestion as to why we might have chosen this moment. We're in a unique, well, we have a unique opportunity. Given our recent contact with the Azath, we've been presented with a species that is uh, a temporally objective observer, much like the prophets themselves. They're able to um, essentially remain isolated from alterations in the timeline. If we studied them, and appropriated the uh, biochemical processes by which they achieved this kind of um, temporal objective observer status, we might be able to formulate some kind of defense against future temporal incursions, such as those used by the Borg or um, any other number of alien species that have attempted to undermine the Federation in the past, like the sphere builders. Well, the issue with that is that without the interference of future entities into the Federation's past, we wouldn't have, while granted the Zindi conflict wouldn't have happened, at no point would we have gone in to Zindi space and prevented the sphere builders from creating this pocket of fluidic space. So there's a lot of things that are predestination that we have to allow to happen. Would it not behoove us to have a defense against those that we recognize are deleterious interferences into past events, however? We would. The issue is, is that 
we would have to deal with uh, the the issue. The issue that happens is once we say, "Hey, we wrote these accords, and they're established." And let's say we do receive that defense from the Azeth. We then start a version of the temporal Cold War. We have a defense that our enemies don't have. So now our enemies want to try to either acquire that defense or find a way to counteract that defense. That way, in case that way, it stops the Federation from going back in time and killing Kalos or preventing Kalos from rising. The, the Klingon Empire now doesn't have the power that it's supposed to have. And so then they're more likely to join the Federation. Um, you know, there's the Romulans. There's there's so many other, the Tholians. There's so many other entities that would then enter into the temporal war that while it could never go hot due to galactic stability itself, we would be starting, we are about to not only put in the temporal accords, but we're also about to start the temporal war. Well, Commander, I certainly- Sorry, you're muted. Uh, I would like to spend uh, a momentum to run um, a deeper diagnostic on the document and its digital signatures to ensure that it is authentic and not a forgery. Okay. And yes, uh, what you would find by spending that momentum is indeed the uh, program or the document, uh, however you'd like to think of it, it is indeed a valid document. It has not only the current uh, authentication method, so the encryption would match up with your current time frame, but it also contains encryption that would be uh, prevalent for when it is supposed to be written, when it's supposed to go into effect. So there's, there's two bits of authentication on there, and they both check out. If I were to send this to myself from the future, I would know that I ran a diagnostic on it and have provided the acceptable signatures to prove that it is indeed legitimate. And I believe that this may be a matter of also ju jurisprudence in which we are being informed of our rights under the Temporal Accord before we actually need to invoke them. So does this mean at some point the three of us are one of the three of us are going to really fuck up? Only a possibility, Commander. I was adding it to the list of possibilities you and Lieutenant Commander to Lee had specified. Um, I have transmitted a copy of the entire document to your pads for review at such a later date. Should we convene later and discuss this matter? Or is this something that we should... Okay, Maddox will look at it, and then he's going to try to see when it's supposed to be implemented. Okay. Uh, that's just going to be a very simple uh, insight engineering uh, difficulty of one. And no, power systems is not a focus. 
Uh, one success. That's all you need. Uh, yeah, what you learn is that apparently these temporal accords go into effect two days from now. Okay. <clears throat> um, Matic will activate one of the computers that is logged by the uh, Daystrom Institute. Mm -hmm. um, and then he will run a timeline variation uh, sweep trying to see if this event has now caused a change in the timeline as far as like worth investigating by temporal investigations okay uh you do so i'll give this to you free you do so and you do see that there has been a variant change in the timeline at least as far as the daystrom institute is concerned but they have not dispatched a agent to your location, if that's what you mean. Yes. Um, if I may, Commander, is there any reason why it might be signed in two days? Is there anything that's going to transpire over the next couple of days at the station or on board the Fenrir that might correspond that time? Could we uplink with the station's computer and possibly upload its schedule? Uh, let's get on that. Uh, Vassar, do you see Admiral, Admiralty or big important people wise who signs it? Uh, it is actually pretty much all, it starts with you three and then it expands out to be the command staff of the Fenrir. So there's Rast's name on it. There's Archuleta's name on it. There's William's names on it. Uh, then you see Captain Sin's name on it, and then it sort of spirals from there. The commander of uh, the uh, Deep Space Daedalus, his name's on it. The Admiral Tashi, her name's on it. And it just continually spirals outwards from Deep Space Daedalus until it eventually is then ratified and put into, quote-unquote, full law by the Greater Federation. And when does that happen? In two days? Uh, the greater ratification doesn't actually happen for another year, but the seed is planted in two days, yes. Um, Matic to Sin. After a moment, uh, her voice comes over the comms. Uh, yes, Mr. Matic, how can I help you? Um, You got a minute. I have several. What can I do for you? Uh, I may or may not, or actually, no, not by myself this time. Me and two of my colleagues, uh, we just wrote the temporal accords. There's, there's noticeable pause and she says, so do you want me to bake you a cake? Uh, you can bake me a cake after you sign it. Like the document says that you do all right uh, meet me at so-and-so bar on the station we'll get this figured out we'll do uh medic out so um congratulations gentlemen um we're about to uh have a law put into place on board uh Federation Charter and all that stuff, and we're about to. I'm about to make the rules 
that I constantly break. Oh, that's some poetic justice. Does um, this mean if... we will not be playing poker? I still never got a copy of the rules, so we wouldn't be uh, playing either way. I have processed over 700,000 variants of games. It seems quite intriguing. I was looking forward to it. Eh, we can get a couple hands in real quick. I mean, we wrote the rules on time. Who says we can't break our own rules? And then um, he'll actually he'll produce and actually make sure that it's a uh, five it's a five card Joker's Wild um, rule set and uh, pass it to uh, Tobin. It's the real thing this time. And then uh, Matic will deal out. Alrighty. And I tell you what, uh, we've been going for uh, about an hour and 15 minutes, so we are going to take our 10-minute break here. So we will be back in 10-minute stream.
right, and welcome back, everyone, to uh, part two of uh, Fenrir Session 8. Don't know how long we'll go from this point, but uh, we did, did definitely needed that break. But yeah, uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to stay in almost the same scene where Matic, Vassar, and Lee Tobin, uh, you know, they're playing a, uh, a round of cards when there is a chime at the door. Uh, damn it, Tobin. You said you never played before. How the inner? How the fuck? How are you keep winning? Well, the statistical probabilities of drawing any one card, given what I can see on the playing field, it makes the game really rather facile. And sure enough, uh, when the door opens, it is none other than Commander Rast. And Commander Rast, you walk in to the science lab to see that your three officers are sitting at a a hollow table playing a game of poker. He sighs, putting that aside for right now. So, uh, Commander Maddox, uh, what kind of temporal shenanigans do you have yourself uh, slated for in the near future? Uh, Maddox will uh, <clears throat> kind of like look between Fasar uh, and Tobin and just be like, well, um, the reason uh, us three are gathered here today is uh, a very joyous and momentous occasion. Um, our future versions brought us together and have each given us a task. Um, we just wrote the temporal accords again for the first time. It's, it's, it's timey, wimey bullshit. Like it's once going into how all it worked is really fucking like crazy hair looking at wall with red lines all over it Woo! like it's it's not worth getting into just know that we wrote the temporal accords again for the first time yeah <laughs> i can see why why some people find you uh i believe the quote was a loose cannon Uh, I mean, it's, eh. And you are technically on duty right now? I mean, if you want to get dealt in while we discuss this matter, and then Matic will, will kind of like just deal him out five cards and just slide him in slide him in like <laughs> in front of him on the table um uh and he just like five card jokers wild um but i mean it's one of those that it's i we now have to deal with us going through the uh phases of uh coming to understand why the temporal accord like in two days we're going to bring the temporal accords forward and they're going to slowly get signed and within a year they're going to be uh drafted by the federation itself and what is and this all stems you do know that the captain's rescindance of the temporal prime directive was only temporary 
It's not something that you're still going to be able to do in two days, correct? Here's the issue with that. Ethan's portal prime directive was given to the Federation or actually probably given to an old Earth government by a future version of the Federation where the Accords are in place. Technically, until the Accords are officially in, there is no temporal prime directive. And also by uh, future Vassar downloading the uh, Accords into him personally, uh, future me possibly setting up this meeting and future uh, Lieutenant Commander Lee uh, having um, he's probably somewhere having people sign it right now. Um, the issue is that we have now been placed into a predestination. And so therefore I'm not breaking the temporal prime directive. I'm following it. Also, I haven't been arrested yet. Like, this is the longest I've gone breaking the Temporal Prime Directive and not been arrested. So I think we're good. And if I could interject real quick here. Uh, on roll 20, I've actually dealt everyone five cards. So feel free to role play that as you wish. Uh, if you want to see your own cards, just sort of click that little five icon of the deck and it should pop up a window that shows you what your cards are. Are you just going to make it so that twos are jokers? Uh, since the since the roll twenty doesn't have jokers, does it not? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, let's make twos wild no. then. Twos yeah, are wild. So, yeah, twos wild. Twos wild. No jokers, unless you count rest. Mm -hmm. Anyways, just wanted to add that little bit of flavor. Carry on. Well, no, I right. see Vasar in his webcam has fucking cards. <laughs> yeah. Rest, uh, rest puts two cards back down to draw two. Uh, actually, he's going to keep that one. He's going to put two cards down and uh, draw two more. Okay. Can uh, can you deal or pull from yourself, or do I need to deal them for you? Uh, if we, ho if we hover over, we can uh, draw ourselves. Okay, cool. Space poker, everybody. <laughs> but uh no i mean i mean at this point we could probably loop in commander williams if he's not busy because after the three of us sign it i believe it's i believe it's you commander and then i think williams is the fourth is the fifth signature or is it captain ah uh, the captain uh, is the fifth signature so it's Rast, Captain uh, Williams. I don't know what you're up to, Matic. He just sighs. Perhaps I can assist, Commanders. While we've been playing this game, I have compared the document that was downloaded into my matrix with the several drafts that I prepared. Um, it seems the latest draft is a variant of the final document, and so I have been completing it as is and will submit it to Commander Rest once it is done. It is now submitted to user. Congratulations, Rest. You're now 
an accessory. I have not. <sighs> he looks frustrated, and uh, he puts his cards. He puts his cards down on the table. I have other things to attend. All right. So... As he uh, puts down three aces. Oh, very nice. We still need a signature. <laughs> and then, and then will... Maddox just kind of throws his cards down, not <laughs> having anything. And then he will leave the uh, the room. Okay. So I'm curious, does anyone actually have anything that beats three aces? Mm. How do you show your cards? Uh, you have to uh, quite literally throw them on the table. So just and do it. Drag and drop them. Yeah. Oh. Nope. Medic is nothing. Well, this is my hand. Nice. Nice. That's a lot of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a whole lot of nothing right that's there. That's one shy of something. <laughs> I, have, I mean, Matic, if I had a wild, but I don't. <laughs> what's uh, what's Lee Tobin got going on? Three sixes. Three sixes. Yeah, unfortunately, ace high, so. ELH, yeah. what do you have in your hand? Uh, I have a whole lot of nothing as well. But Q's Williams, not playing this game, so. Nothing. I got a pair of threes with an ace kicker. All right. Well, uh, not to leave Mr. Williams out. Eh, I'll clean this page up later. Uh, <laughs> not to leave uh, him out. Uh, we are going to cut to the bridge where, uh, you know, Williams, you are currently sitting in the big chair. And as you're sitting, well, if Roll20 would kindly, there we go. Uh, as you are currently sitting in the big chair, it is your responsibility to handle pretty much anything that comes your way. Uh, and the step-in, the step-in security officer uh, is now at your station. He says, uh, Commander, were we expecting a transmission coming from the main science lab? Uh, I mean, not that I'm aware. Hmm. I mean, it's nothing important sir it just is a uh, a notification that we should be expecting a visitor soon any further details uh no sir the message is deliberately vague and i've already gone ahead and asked for the science lab to elaborate however there's no one currently in the science lab all right um do you want to run a level two diagnostic on internal chips communications. Maybe it was sent from a different terminal. I've already done so, sir. And I have an auxiliary uh, level one diagnostic running as well. Uh, The message does appear to be valid, sir. Unfortunately, it does not contain any signature that would match a crewman on this vessel. Uh, uh, Strange. Any, then no further details on the identity of this... (coughs) visitor uh no sir however and he stops mid-sentence as his console begins to beep uh sir yes lieutenant there's a trans warp signature coming in oh alert the station 
Uh, already on it, sir. Should we go to red alert? Red alert shields up. All right. So across the station and across Fenrir, uh, red alert is called. The klaxons begin sounding. And we sort of cut to the exterior of Deep Space Daedalus. And apparently, roll 28 my token, so I don't really have a, a, a measure for this. Um, but if you will imagine on the exterior of Deep Space Daedalus, a uh, sort of portal, a transwarp portal opens up uh, just off of the station. And coming out of the energy swirling vortex is a shower of debris. And this debris rains across the station and the Fenrir. Uh, luckily, because shields are up, it's able to handle it. But uh, it, it it just sort of slams into you. Uh, and it's almost like a continual stream of this debris. Um, I guess at this point, Williams would just say, um, Senior officers to the bridge. All right. So is anyone not going to the bridge at this point, I guess, is the real question. Uh, definitely on his way. Okay. So uh, with you uh, headed to the bridge, uh, you all, of course, arrive right about at the time where the debris stops coming out of the transwarp portal. And instead, something much worse arrives. And all of you don't need to know what the ship is seeing on its sensors. You can visually confirm this. A literal Borg sphere has exited the transwarp portal and is now hovering just off of the station. Um, Matic will uh, send the communication codes that were used by the... Is it the Borg Liberation? What's the Liberated Borg? The uh, ones that were on the planet for Voyager. Right. I'm trying to remember the name for them. Um, what, well, whoever they are, I'm assuming the Daystrom Institute has communication codes for them. Yeah. He's going to send it to the comms officer and be like, uh, try to communicate with them on these frequencies. Uh, if they respond, then they're friendly. If they don't, then we're fucked. Isn't it the cooperative? That's what it is, the cooperative. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. So uh, the comms officer, who I think I'm just going to have to make a character at this point because we use him so much. Uh, the comm officer sends it off and says, uh, sir, they, they aren't the cooperative. That, that, those are collective. Uh, we're getting a hail, sir. On screen. So on screen is a interior of a Borg sphere. So it's just a bunch of alcoves, uh, various bits of Borg machinery, things of that nature. And there is that omnipresent voice, which I can't replicate for the life of me, but it says the following. It says, we are the Borg. You will assist us. Refusal is unacceptable. Uh, anybody else notice they just said assist? Yeah, typically not their line. Isn't it like you will be assimilated, resistance is futile or some shit like that? Yeah. Perhaps we should ask what their demands are. Please state your request. The Borg do not reply immediately. Instead, the uh, security officer says, Sir? Well, I guess, Williams, you're back at your console. So, Williams, yeah. you're seeing that the Borg are attempting to transport through your shields, which they can do with ease because they're the Borg. Uh, Commander, we've got incoming... Borg Where are they transporting to? 
They are transporting to the bridge. And, Secur uh, security team to Williams the bridge. Will, Williams will slap his yeah, slap his comm badge and say, uh, "Williams security condition one." Okay, so uh, gonna cut to the bridge now that I have all the tokens set up and uh, materializing before you in sort of that green shimmer of light that is Borg uh, transporter technology. Uh, what appears is an actual drone. I made him a little bit bigger just so we could see him a little bit better. Um, but the drone does not uh, act aggressively. It just sort of materializes and says, My name is one of 13. I am here to acquire the assistance of the Federation. What is your request? Our request involves the Omega Molecule. Ah, fuck. I'll go make the fucking torpedo, and then Maddox will leave. <laughs> And Maddox, it's one of those things where right as you're about to leave, the uh, security team arrives and they're like, uh, sir? Wait. And he'll turn around and look at Rast. He goes, Omega Protocol. Do you know that? Out of character, That's... none of you know it. Well, Maddox does because, it a couple times. Yeah, I say Maddox knows about it, but the rest of you, you got no idea what the Omega Particle or the Directive is. You're referring to the last letter of the Greek alphabet? Oh, God. Uh, sounds foreboding. Maddox to Sin. This is uh, Sin here. Is everything all right over there? We detected a uh, transport signature to your bridge. Is everything all right? Should I send over a team? Uh, wait, wait. Uh, Lupin, station captain, whatever his name is, and Captain Archuleta. Done, sir. All right. Omega protocol. And you hear both uh, Admiral uh, Tashi and uh, <laughs> Captain Archuleta and Captain Sin, they all just begin swearing. And uh, they're like... Uh, let's have uh, let's have Admiral Tashi deliver this news. So Admiral Tashi, appearing on the view screen in the back, says, "All right, so one of thirteen was it? Yes, and one of thirteen says this is correct. All right, one of thirteen. What is your problem with the Omega particle?" And one of thirteen says, "Approximately three days ago, we attempted to synthesize the Omega molecule once again. It was successful, however." The effects were more than we were anticipating. There's and? There's sort of that pause. Sorry, you're muted if you try to say something. Something is wrong with my audio processor. I will look into it. However, <clears throat> would you be able to describe those effects? Specifically, there was a cascading variance in the subspace continuum or the time space continuum that is effectively erasing all known matter in a radius of approximately 60 light years from our synthesis point and is it expanding rapidly as starfleet has dealt with such phenomenon before we are requiring your assistance in this matter just once just you know i've already broken it twice today Three times this week. Four times this month. Technically, Mr. Maddock, we have not yet submitted them for approval, so there is no temporal prime directive to break at this moment. Admiral Tashi speaks up. Like I'm, I'm sorry, think. why are we throwing around the temporal? You know what? I don't care. But what do you... 
Okay, as of this moment, uh, computer unlock, Omega Directive, authorization, Admiralty, Niner, Niner, Alpha, Beta. Uh, please give clearance to Fenrir Clue and uh, Valor, or is it Nalor? Nalor Crew, access to the directive. Uh, Captain Archuleta, I'm tasking you and the Fenrir to go deal with this phenomenon. Captain Sin, you are to back them up. And for the love of all that is holy, please do not start another conflict with the Borg. Uh, Matic will look at one of 13. Um, and I'll also look at the projector screen that has everybody. So, uh, plan A. Um, <clears throat> we go back in time and we stop the... Uh, Borg from synthesizing the Omega Particle? Plan B is we stop them. Plan C is we go try to deal with it now without doing time stuff. And Multishi just again face palms and says again, just handle it. it th this is not what I needed today. Just, again, don't, don't start a conflict with the Borg. Just handle this uh, eh, eh. Vassar will, um, pardon the word, assimilate the Omega Protocols as soon as they're unlocked and begin uh, cross-referencing them to Omega detonations and any uh, uh, successful or even unsuccessful attempts to clean up uh, what 1 of 13 has described. Okay. Um, to keep everyone from having to do a bunch of reading, uh, just so everyone's aware, omega pro omega molecule or medical particle particle fucking English is difficult. Um, <clears throat> it's basically something that if it goes off, it kind of disrupts Destroy everything. Yeah. yeah, like it I, it's yeah. it ruins your entire it ruins everybody's entire like universe literally. But I mean, one, the, one of the most important. Oh, Go ahead, Commander Williams. Just just shooting through this real quick. If we're under the effect of the Omega Directive, all other directives are rescinded until we deal with this issue. Yeah. So including the Temporal Prime Directive, I guess. And if the damage uh, is bad as they say it is, uh, subspace will be rendered will be rendered obsolete and warp travel will be impossible. Uh, one of 13, where is your detonation site? We are prepared to take you through the Transwarp hub to the <clears throat> site directly. Um, we need your coordinates because we need to know um, what star is here for this system. Uh, you mean the, the, uh, like the sun class. You mean the Daedalus station? Yeah. So the Daedalus station, uh, just as sort of a callback to Ophion, uh, Daedalus station is in the same uh, system that contains the Takan Stellar Transporter. So it actually has a trinary star system. Oh, that works great. We're sending back three ships. We have three stars. Awesome. Um, so there's a kind of an old school way of jumping back in time. Um, <clears throat> Matic will kind of upload it to Rast, upload it to one of 13 and upload it to Sin and the Admiral. Um, it involves going around a star and using gravitational pull and yada, yada, yada. Uh, once we go back, one of 13, how do your people feel about 
your future people coming back and warning them of, you know, fucking shit up. The collective has dealt with time travel shenanigans, and they do actually say shenanigans. Uh, time travel shenanigans approximately 1,653 times in this past star date alone. Interesting. I may want to look at your vlogs for that. And Sign me just, up. And then he'll just feel like Admiral <laughs> and Captain just staring at him. Like, no. <clears throat> it is prudent that I remain aboard as a liaison between myself, and he does say myself, uh, myself and the rest of the collective. I mean, we were going to send your whole ship back, but if you just you want to hang out, that's cool. Um, unless Rast would prefer the whole ship. Sorry, XO. I just, sorry. Would it be an extended task to begin devising uh, chronometric countermeasures to any uh, detonation by an Omega particle in the future, assuming our time travel into the past is successful? Right. Um, that would be a very involved extended <clears throat> task, and we're sort of approaching that sort of end-of-session thing, so... We can certainly start the extended task, but this wouldn't be something you'd complete this session. Understood. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just blow all of our momentum. It'll be fine. Your one momentum, yeah. Um, so let's just say for sake of argument that you are beginning to work on that, and I've made a note of it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Rast... My Rast, Admiral Tushi, Captain Archuleta, Captain Sin, one of 13. By the way, you've been speaking very um, me, I, first person, individual, not we are bored kind of thing. Interesting. Get back with you on that. Uh, current plan of action is send two to three ships back in time. Go to the uh, initialization point of the Omega Particle going boom and uh, destroy it or use one of 13 to upload and prevent them from synthesizing the uh, Omega Particle. Um, we could talk more about that whenever we actually get there, but uh, I mean, I know how to convert one of the Graviton torpedoes in order to destroy the Omega Particle. The Borg may not care for that method, but it works. We also have uh, um, seven of nine whenever they on Voyager encounter the Omega Particle and uh, they created the Resonance Chamber. According to her, they were actually able to um, bring equilibrium to the particle for a very, very minute amount of time. That's not the method you all used, was it, 1 of 13? It is, yes. We achieved containment for approximately six seconds before detonation. Wow, they only had it for... How long did 709 have it for? Like three or... Like a second or two? Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was like a second or two. Uh-oh, Sarah fucked things up. <laughs> it's uh, all right. But that may be interesting to the Institute to know that, okay, 
Hmm. Anyways, that's the current plan. So anybody with a higher rank or actually command of a ship uh, disagree or agree with me on this? Or So I'm going to speak for Archuleta here. Uh, Archuleta can feel free to contradict me when she re- uh, comes back next week. But Archuleta says, Mr. Matic, are you in command of the Fenrir? I'm not. Good. However... Keep that in mind because I'm getting tired of reminding you of such. Admiral, yes, with your permission, I will return to the Fenrir, and we will begin preparations for, apparently, another journey back in time. Commander Rast, please see to all the necessary arrangements. Yes, ma'am. And yeah, unless anyone has anything further, uh, the view screen sort of shuts off, and you are left with one of 13 on your bridge. Lieutenant Commander Tutley. Would you be able to assist me in calculations for controlling such a disruption using chronometric weapons? Uh, Certainly, and I'll review the logs left by uh, Captain Spock when he took a Klingon bird of prey, I believe, back in time using the same method that Commander Maddock has suggested that we employ. Uh, One of 13, I do have one question for you. Um, When or if you return to the past, would you automatically link to the Borg hive mind, informing them of their future prospective failure? And he smiles again, a very non Borg thing to do and says that will not be a concern. That's vague and not particularly helpful, but I will accept that as an answer. Um, Lieutenant Commander Sar, perhaps we should uh, head off to complete those calculations. Commander Rast, uh, would you mind assisting us? Of course. Osar will dematerialize to the science lab. Okay. And yeah, uh, we're sort of at that point in the session where this is where the rising action would kick off, the captain would come in. Um, so I think that's where we're going to have to call it for today. Um, but with the understanding that this is more or less the exact moment we're picking up next session. Um, so yeah, hopefully everybody had fun. Uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys turned out in great numbers as usual. Uh, barring any problems, we should be back next week. So Twitch, YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And see you next week. Bye, stream. 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 Dream, 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 dream.